Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. You're listening on the first day of Black History Month, so my hope in this particular episode is to answer the question, why bother with Black history? Certainly, many of you already are. Many of you will already be celebrating African American history and culture all month long. I would imagine others of you are perhaps apathetic or even indifferent, or maybe you weren't even aware of this month. Or perhaps you even feel like, why does Black history get its own month? What about White History Month? I know my listeners are not a monolith. I know the white community is not a monolith, nor is the black community or the Asian community or any community for that matter. So I'm not speaking for all white people on this episode, and I'm not sharing the stories of all black people. I'm simply one white woman sharing some things that I've learned in my lifelong journey with a variety of black friends. Black friends who, by the way, don't always see eye to eye when it comes to racial issues in the United States. But nonetheless, Black History Month starts today, so my hope is to compel you to celebrate it, to perhaps bolster your conviction that it's a good idea if you're already headed in that direction. So why bother? There are two reasons that I want to share. We're going to be camping out primarily on the second reason, but the first reason is that it's good and right for you and me as Christians to celebrate all people groups, to celebrate all uh, image bearers. Our God is creative and the diversity that he created is beautiful. So it's good for us to um, acknowledge the unique history and context and accomplishments of all people groups. And when it comes to the African-American community, it's good for us to acknowledge slavery and segregation and oppression and rejoice in the many men and women who rose above their horrible circumstances and made great accomplishments, made great contributions to the world, men and women who are heroes of the age that they lived in. So the first reason is simply to celebrate image bearers. The second reason to on why bother with black history is that it's a chance for you and me to pursue understanding and reconciliation and to show our neighbor love. Because here's the deal. We live in deeply divided times, don't we? We are largely talking past one another in our various camps, especially in our racial camps. There are African-American voices in our midst and even in our church who are crying out in pain. And I think a lot of times in the white community, we're scratching our heads and wondering, what's going on? I thought we were a post-racial society. Is this really still an issue? So rather than dismissing the voices and experiences of our black brothers and sisters, I want to compel you and me to obey the command to love them as we would want to be loved ourselves. Really, the church should be the best equipped institution in the nation to deal with disunity and division, not the government, not some sort of social social service, not some sort of secular march, but the church. Why? Because we serve the God of reconciliation. Our good and compassionate God set out to reconcile all things to himself, which includes all people groups being reconciled to one another. As the church, we are one people. We are descendants of God's covenant with Abraham. Not only under Abraham are we one, but we are one in Christ. All Christians of all ethnicities have been saved by one blood. We look forward also to unity in heaven. Revelation 7 speaks to the gathering of all tribes and tongues and nations worshiping before the throne. And Jesus says, pray that the Lord's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Unity can't wait. 
And unity, especially in the church, is not a peripheral issue. It's central to the gospel because our God is a reconciler. We are one people bought with one blood who will be one in heaven, so we must seek oneness now. Mark chapter 12, verse 31 says that the second greatest commandment is that we love our neighbor as we would want to be loved ourselves. Love our neighbor as we love ourselves. This speaks to empathy. This speaks to walking a mile in our neighbor's shoes. This can't be done from a distance or from a place of ignorance or naivete. This means we've got to draw near to grasp the experience of our neighbor. So how can we love our neighbor as ourself? How can we leverage Black History Month for this purpose? How can we do that practically speaking? I have four tangible ideas for you and for me. Now, I know as I even start with the first one, it's going to feel inflammatory to some listeners. The first one might make you want to turn this episode right off, but I want to ask you to bear with me and listen at least just for a couple more minutes. So the first one is that I think you and I should consider white privilege. And I want to give you an analogy just for describing what is white privilege. Here's the analogy. If you're listening to this podcast, you're likely an American. You were likely born in the United States, but you did nothing. It's not to your fault or to your credit that you were born in the United States. You just were. And because you're an American, globally speaking, you enjoy a great amount of wealth. Indeed, there's poverty and there's hunger in our nation, but because you were born in the States, you have automatically been granted certain rights, certain wealth, certain freedoms just by being born here. And there's no reason for you to feel guilty about that, but it's wise and good for you to acknowledge it, to be aware of it, to speak um, with an understanding an awareness that you have certain privileges because you were born in the United States. And so it is with white privilege. I did nothing to be born with white skin. If you're white, you did nothing to be born with white skin. So there's no reason for you or me to feel guilty about it, but we need to be aware of it. We need to be aware that our white skin affords us some ease and some comfort that black skin does not. So let me give you four stories from four friends, personal close friends of mine. One is from a female friend who tells me, often that she is followed around the store. When she goes to the mall and goes shopping, she typically gets followed. And when she goes to pay for her stuff, she's typically asked for a secondary form of identification. That's not something that ever happens to me. Another dear friend, a black man who was raised in a two-parent home, who was a good student, who stayed out of trouble, he tells me that he has been handcuffed seven times. He's never committed a crime, and yet he's been in handcuffs seven times. Another friend, another black man who's a dear friend, was pulled over here in Denver in an all-white neighborhood for no apparent reason, and a gun was drawn on him. The police officer pulled a gun on him. Lastly, we have multiple friends who are black parents who have to prepare their sons. They have to sit down and have the talk with them and teach their sons what to do if they do encounter a police officer. They're worried for their lives, and so this talk has to happen when the boys are somewhere around the age of 12. Those are experiences that in white skin, I don't have, and probably you don't either. So just acknowledging white privilege is one way that we can love our neighbors as ourselves. Secondly, considering history is one way we can love our neighbors as as ourselves. American chattel slavery began in 1526, and it did not end until 1865. So for 339 years, Africans and African-Americans were in chains in this nation. 
339 years. That's almost 14 generations. Slavery ended in 1865, but it rolled right into segregation, and segregation and Jim Crow lasted until 1954. That's another 89 years. 1954 was only 65 years ago. That's less than three generations. You and I have got to acknowledge that our history is heavy with racial brutality. That cannot be swept under the rug. That cannot be ignored. That cannot be explained away by having one black president. The reality is the bulk of our history involves brutality against African-Americans. I'm going to link in the show notes a graphic that shows this um, historical timeline really well. Please take a look. Another thing I'm going to link in the show notes is a brief, less than two minutes interview with Dr. Martin Luther King that points to um, our history really well. But let me just share an excerpt with you really quick. He was asked by a news anchor person, basically, um, what's the deal? Every other immigrant community has managed to build a life for themselves. Why haven't black Americans? And Martin Luther King replied, white America must see that no other ethnic group has been a slave on American soil. Slavery ended in 1965, but the freed slaves were given no land and nothing to get started on. At the same time, America was giving away acres of land to peasants from Europe. So emancipation was really freedom to hunger. MLK goes on to say, now I believe we ought to do all we can to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, but it's a cruel jest to say to to a bootless man that he ought to pull himself up. The third thing that you and I can do to tangibly love our neighbors as ourselves is to just be lifelong learners, to develop a holy curiosity, a genuine desire to really know how our black brothers and sisters feel. One way we can do that is by reading books and watching documentaries that are written from a black perspective. And let's read with a real openness, a real curiosity about what that is like. My favorite book of all time is actually in this genre, and I want to recommend it to you. And you can find the link in the show notes. It's The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson. She took 15 years to write it, and it won a Pulitzer Prize. She follows three African Americans in the 1900s as they migrated from the South to the North. These personal histories are powerful, and they embody our national history. So read that book. Beyond Reading lets you and I look for ways to develop friendships with people of color, and let's get to know them well enough that we can ask them questions about their experiences. I'm not suggesting get a token black friend, and I'm not suggesting you sit down the first black person that you're close enough to and say, hey, explain to me systemic injustice. What I am saying is do the work, educate yourselves, have some measure of understanding of what it might be like to be a black person in the United States, and then get a friend that's close enough where you can say, what is life like in your skin? And then listen with an open ear, with open ears and an open heart. For example, whenever there is a shooting of a black teenager or a black man at the hands of a white police officer, I have a couple close black girlfriends who are moms and I call them and I say, how'd that hit you? How are you doing? Are you doing okay? And their response is, that it's scary. They weep. They say it feels very personal, that they are fearing for the lives of their sons. So their experience of that story is very different than my experience. I'm not asking you to forsake your support of all men and women who are police officers. I'm not saying let's paint with broad brush strokes, all white law enforcement. What I'm saying is let's express to our black friends that their experience is different. And let's ask them, what is that like? And let's say, I don't understand it, 
but I know that you're hurting and I'm sorry. Let's try to get in the habit of not writing off our black brothers and sisters, but let's show them love by listening. My fourth and final suggestion for you and me to love our neighbors as ourselves is to pray. Uh, The racial divide in our nation is a spiritual divide. How damaging is our racial division to our Christian witness? If it's true that the world will know we are Christians by our love, then the love that we have for one another, then how, how much would the enemy like to defame the name of Christ through our division? Let's not be a tool in his hands for that purpose. In closing, I want to point you and me back to Philippians chapter 2. That particular passage of scripture speaks to Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He poured himself out. He put on flesh. He humbled himself and became obedient, even to the point of death on on the cross, and therefore God exalted him. Paul says, in humility, let's do the same thing. We are called in humility to do the same. If our Savior set aside his identity to reconcile his enemies to God, we can do the same thing to be reconciled ourselves to our neighbors. Jesus will help you and me to be humble and to look out not only for our own interests, but the interests of others. But here's the kicker. When Jesus humbled himself, God exalted him. Walking in humility and dying to ourselves for the sake of others is where you and I will be exalted. It's where we will find joy. It's where true life happens. Clenching our privilege, not listening, dismissing our brothers and sisters is poison to our souls. So why bother with Black History Month? Well, first, because it's good and right to celebrate our creator's work in different people groups. It's good to celebrate all image bearers. And secondly, because it's one important way that you and I can love our neighbors as ourselves. Let's not dismiss our Black brothers and sisters. Let's not discount their stories. Let's draw near in love. Black History Month is a great opportunity to do just that. Thank you for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. I appreciate any and all listener feedback. You're invited to engage in these issues on my website, as well as contact me personally there. And if you think of it, leave a review on iTunes and recommend this podcast to your friends. Thanks so much.